Welcome back, everyone, to another segment of Rabbi Jeff Spirky Abashir, where we attempt to understand the meaning behind the instructions of our sages and how it's relevant to our lives today. We do this, of course, using the thoughts of our teachers before us and try to make them applicable to our times. Feel free, please, to contact me with any comments or questions at rjfromlj at aol.com. The Perky Office Podcast is a project of the Intentional Jew Podcast Network, where we actively encourage Jews to think and engage in the search of how to be intentionally Jewish. Check us out on intentionaljew.com. Okay, so you see this chart. What I did was I took the rabbis, Rabbi Lezim ben Hurkinus, Rabbi Yoshua ben Hananya, Rabbi Yossi HaKohen, Rabbi Shimon ben Nisanel, and Rabbi Laza ben Arach. And then talked about their, um, their praise, that he praised them, cemented cistern, doesn't lose a drop. Rabbi Yishuv ben Hananya, praiseworthy, is the one who gave, gave birth to him. Then Rabbi Yossi Kohen Chassid, Rabbi Shimon ben Nisanel, a fear of heaven, and Rabbi Laza ben Arach, ever rejuvenating spring. When the Rebbe said to the students, go out and see what is the best trait that you should acquire, so Rabbi Laza ben Hurkinus, who was the cemented cistern, who was an objective learner, said, good eye, the evil path was bad eye. The Rabbi Yeshua ben Hananya, who was praiseworthy, is the one who gave birth to him, which meant sensitivity to things outside yourself. So he was good friend, bad friend. Rabbi Yosia Cohen, who was a chassid, he was pious, self-motivated. He was good neighbor, bad neighbor. Rabbi Shimon ben Nisanel, fear of heaven, um, being self-aware and sensitive to the needs of others. Roa Esanolad, forward thinking and borrows and doesn't pay back. Being able to enter into the mindset of other people. Rabbi Lez ben Arach, ever rejuvenating spring, emotionally invested, good heart, bad heart. So I'm, I'm proud of two things. First of all, of being able to succinctly put it all into a chart. And second of all, actually being able to figure out how to make a chart. Um, that was, that was a, uh, for, for me, a major accomplishment. Um, and I hope that the chart, I hope the chart helps. Um, I, I think it, it should. But now what I'd like to do, there are, there are two things. Okay, there are two things that I would like to do today. Okay, the one thing is I would like to review the Mishnah in its entirety. Really both Mishnahis. It's Mishnahis, Mishnah Ches and Mishnah Tes, eight and nine, which I incorporated together. And I would like to stop in the middle of it and point out something, um, something very important as we go through it. Okay, Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai, Kibel Mihil Shamai, he received the tradition of Bilan Shamai, who I Omer used to say, Torah if you learned a lot of Torah, Al Tachzik Tov don't don't give yourself so much credit, because for this reason you were created. Chamisha Tamidim Hoyulola Rabbi Yochanan Menzake. So Rabbi Yochanan Menzake had five students. Vieluhain, Rabbi Eliezer ben Hurkinus, Rabbi Yeshua ben Hanania, Rabbi Yosia Cohen, Rabbi Shimon ben Nisano, Rabbi Laza ben Arach. That was the list on the left hand side of the column. Huayamona Shivchan, he would then sing their praises. Rabbi Eliezer ben Hurkinus was a poor Suchenumabitipo. He was a cemented sister and it didn't lose a drop. Rabbi Yeshua ben Hanania, Ashrayolato. Rabbi Yossi Akoin was a chassid. Rabbi Shimon ben Nisano was a yorechid, a fear of heaven. Rabbi Eloza ben Arach was a Mayan misgaber, was an ever-rejuvenating spring. Hu haya Omer, 
Now, this is critical. He used to say, if you put everybody on one side of the scale, Eliezer ben Hurkinus and Eliezer ben Hurkinus was on the other side, he would weigh down all the rest. Now, that was talking about their scholarship. It was talking about their qualities, talking about the, the type of student that he was. So that means that Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai saw Rabbi Lezeb and Hurkinus, who was the cemented cistern, he saw that quality as being the premier quality that a student should develop. Abishol Omer, Abishol says, Mishmo, Abishol said, in the name of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, im yi yukol Yisrael, that if there was, um, if there, if there was all the sages of the world, Bechat Moznaim, Rabbi Lezeb and Hurkinus, Afi Moim, and Rabbi Lezer ben Hurkinus was with them. Rabbi Lezer ben Hurkinus, Rabbi Lezer ben Orach, Bekapshnia, and Rabbi Lezer ben Orach was on the other side, Machrias Kulam. Now, there is, it's not a machlokas per se, because they're both quoting Rabbi, Yoch, Rabbi um, Yochanan ben Zakkai. In other words, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai said it, and then this is what the student, Abishol, said that he heard from the name of his teacher. You heard him say a different thing. You heard him say that it wasn't Rabbi Lazar ben Hurkinus who was the primary student, but it was rather Rabbi Lazar ben Arach that was the primary student. Why would those two have been the primaries? And why would there be any, any change of thought? Why, why wouldn't it be clear whether it was Rabbi Lazar ben Hurkinus or whether it was Rabbi Lazar ben Arach? And there were two versions to which was the most, which was the primary characteristic that was expected. I'll get back to that in a minute. Let's go to the next Mishnah. Omer Lehem, he turned to his students and he said, Se'u or'u. Notice those two words. Se'u or'u. Go out and see. He wanted them to, to see something, which we'll see in a second. And what he was asking them to do, he wanted them to He wanted them to go out. Go out from where? He wanted them to go out from the Beis HaMedosh, from the study hall. Because the answer to the question that he needed was not going to be found inside of the study hall. The answer to the question that he was going to ask them was going to be found in the street. And therefore he said, we have that similar on Pesach when we say, go out and learn. What, what Lovin really tried to do to the Jews? Because you can't answer that from inside. You have to get a, you have to look outside, see what the reality in the street is. You'll be able to understand what Lovin was all about. The same as over here, he says to them, Tzuru, go outside and go see. What did he ask them to see? He asked them, What is the right path that a person should cleave to? Now, that's always difficult when we see that in the Mishnah because we know what the right path is. We've said this a thousand times already. We know the right path is keeping Torah and Mitzvahs. So what was he asking them to find? What he asked them to find was, is that, what people can do in order to be able to achieve your quality. In other words, you, Rebbe Lezeman Hurkinus, are a cemented cistern that doesn't lose a drop. You weren't born a cemented cistern that didn't lose a drop. You became a cemented cistern that doesn't lose a drop. So how are you going, how can you teach that to other people? How can, what is the quality that people have to have in order to be able to develop that objectivity in their learning what quality they need to develop in themselves and in their characters in order to be able to reach 
that kind of level. What is the greatest, really what he was asking them is, what is the greatest influence on the life of, the, what's the greatest influence to developing a life of character? And that's what each one of them gave their answer. Rebbe Lezer said, Rebbe Lezer ben Hurkana said, that if you want to develop like me, if you want to develop an objective, an objectivity in your learning, then you have to have an eye in tova. You have to have a good eye. Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Yeshua says, you got to have a chavar tov. If you want to develop the, the sensitivity, the things outside of you, then you have to develop your relationships. You have to look at your friends differently. Rabbi Yossi says that if you want to be self-motivated, you want to push yourself, push yourself with people that you're not naturally going to push yourself with. Push yourself with the shachin tov. Develop those relationships. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon says, Rabbi Shimon, who was one who feared heaven, who was self-aware and sensitive to the needs of others, said, Roas Hanola, you got to look down the pike and see what has not yet come into the world. Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Rabbi Lezer, who said that, to, that to develop being an ever-rejuvenating spring, to be somebody who has the power of chidosh, emotionally invested and therefore able to see nuances and new things, you got to have a lave tov. you got to develop your good heart. Omer lehem, he said to them, I see Rebbe Lazar ben Arach's more than I see the rest of yours. In other words, his is more inclusive because he includes all of yours in his, meaning that a, a, that a, a chassid and a fear of heaven and somebody who's praiseworthy, who is the one who gave birth to him and a cemented sister are all included in an ever-rejuvenating spring. They're all included in a good heart. If you have a good heart, you can develop all of these qualities. Rabbi Eliezer, Omer Rabbi Eliezer says, so then, then he says to them, I'm sorry, I skipped. Omer Lehem, he says to them, go and see, what is the bad way? The person should separate himself from. Rabbi Eliezer, Omer Rabbi Eliezer says, the opposite of a good eye. Rabbi Yeshua, Omer Rabbi Yeshua says, bad friend, Rabbi Yossi, Omer Shachin Ra. Rabbi Shimon says, somebody who borrows and he doesn't pay back. That means that somebody who doesn't put other people's needs before his own, who doesn't enter into the mind of other people and think what they might be going through. If you borrow from a person and you don't pay it back, it's like you're borrowing from God. Rabbi Elazar Omer, Rabbi Elazar says, What's the worst thing that you have to stay away from is a bad heart. Omer Lahem and Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakeh, the Rebbe turns to the students and he says to them, I see the words of Rabbi Elazar ben Arach more than more than your words, because yours are included in his beautiful. There's no dispute there. There you don't have an Abishol who comes along and says, oh, you know, I heard from the Rebbe something different. Because that's very clear. It's very clear that a lave tov encompasses everything. Each one of those things that each one of them said to develop, a good friend, a good eye, a good neighbor, a roas anolad, all of those are parts. They are, they are really fueled by the center. The center of a person is a good heart. And therefore, if a person has a good heart, he will be able to develop each and every one of those qualities. But let's go back to two things. 
What exactly was the argument between, or the difference of opinion between Abishol and Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai as to whether Rabbi Lezeb ben Hurkinus was the primary student or Rabbi Lezeb ben Arach was the primary student? Whether it's better to be a cemented cistern, an objective learner, or whether it's an ever rejuvenating spring to be emotionally invested. Whether to have a good eye or whether to have a good heart. And I was thinking that perhaps the difference between them is, is that one is an emotional approach and one is an intellectual approach. And Rabbi Yochanan and Zakkai looks at his students and he says that intellectual goodness will get you everything you need. And therefore, if we put Rabbi Lezim and Hurkinus on one side and everybody else is on the other, then he's going to outweigh the others. But the student at another point in the life of Rabbi, Lezer, of Rabbi Yochanan and Zakkai heard his Rebbe teach that, no, the primary is Rabbi Lezer ben Arach, that you primarily have to have, you have to be emotionally invested. Because even if you're intellectually invested, you're intellectually curious, you are completely and totally enamored and, and turned on to Judaism. It doesn't matter if you're not emotionally invested so then you're not going to succeed. It wasn't the machlokas. It was two different approaches as to whether the approach was whether, where do we put our major energy? Do we put our major energy in, in an emotional way? Or do we put our major energy in an intellectual way? And Abishol says from his Rebbe, so it's really two against one because the other was only the Rebbe himself. But that, um, um, Abishol says that we have to be emotionally invested. The truth is, if you wanted to give a heading, besides, you know, the five students of Rabbi Yochanan and Zakkai, but based on where the Mishnah went, which is that Rabbi Yochanan and Zakkai said that Rabbi Lezeb and Arach was, that he sees his qualities, his pathways, better than he sees the pathways of the others because it's inclusive of all the others, good heart and bad heart. So you would say that this mission is really about how to become emotionally invested. Do you need to start first in an intellectual way or do you need to first become emotionally invested? And the truth is there isn't the right answer because it's like a, it's like a, a, a revolving door. Reishis Chachma Yiras Hashem. That you have to have Chachma and then fear, but there are other places that talk about that you have to have fear and then chachma, and that you have to keep going around and around and around. The emotional investment opens up the intellectual investment, the intellectual investment opens up the emotional investment, and it becomes deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. But it's clear that a person can't exist without both an emotional and an intellectual investment in Torah. The Rambam makes this very clear when the Rambam talks about fear of God and belief in God. The Rambam says there are two ways to see God in the world. One is through learning Torah, and in another source, the Rambam says that the other way of seeing God is by going out into nature and looking at nature and contemplating nature. And the commentaries understand that what the Rambam was teaching us is that there needs to be both an emotional connection to God and there needs to be an intellectual connection to God. There are times in our lives where the emotional connection is stronger. There are times in our lives when the intellectual connection is stronger. I just learned a mission a few hours ago with, uh, with another group back in San Diego, 
And the Mishnah talked about learning from oldsters and learning from youngsters. And that you shouldn't learn from young people, you should learn from older people. Learning from young people is like eating grapes that are not ripe and drinking wine that is not fermented. Learning from an older person is like eating ripe grapes and drinking fermented wine. So we wondered why are there two qualities? In other words, you're giving two similes. Why do you have to give two similes? The simile is the same. You're trying to say that when you learn from youngsters, it's not ripe. When you learn from oldsters, it's ripe. But you didn't have to give both grapes and wine. <clears throat> the reason why we gave both is because there are two issues. One is that the mind is the mind is clear and wide, and the other is is that the spirit is clear and wide. As a youngster, the mind can be can be wide, but it is not clear because it's involved and engaged in material pursuits. The body is strong, the passions are strong, and because of that, that clouds the ability to be able to succeed intellectually and spiritually because the focus is not on just spirituality. As a person ages, where the body becomes secondary, primary because it's breaking down, but, but it becomes secondary in its power, a person has the ability, A, to take all of his experiences and to be able to use his experiences to add to his wisdom and to be able to use the fact that the body is not functioning in the way that it did to be able to engage the spirit and to be able to connect spiritually. And that's why it gives two metaphors, two similes, because it's talking about both the clarity of mind and the clarity of spirit, because we need to have both things in order to excel in Jewish life and in life in general. There needs to be an emotional connection and there needs to be a spiritual connection. Beautiful. There is one, let me see if I can do it in four minutes. There is one little thing that sticks in my head, which is a, a total side point to the Mishnah. I think that the way we dealt with this Mishnah is beautiful. I think it's, I think it's, it's very, very real, this Mishnah, and, and very, very practical. But he tells them, go and see what is the Derech Yishara. What's the straight path? We've mentioned so many times in, in Prikyavas, and we're not done of the Derech Yishara, of what's the right path that a person should be walking on. The Derech Yishara, the straight path. I just want to explain that we meet the snake in the Torah. We meet him at the beginning of the Torah. He's there at the end of Book of Bracious. He is there in the Book of Shmos when Moshe goes to Paro. And he's, he's at the end of the Book of Bracious when Yosef gets thrown into the pit. And it says the pit was empty there was no water inside of the pit, but there were snakes and scorpions. And then we see the snake again by Moshe, when Moshe throws down the stick and the snake, it turns into a snake. We see the snake again in the middle of the Torah. If you look at the very middle of the Torah, the middle letter of the Torah, as pointed out in Vayikra, Pasha Shmini, is the letter Vav in the word Gachin, which is in the concept of a snake, of things that, that slither on their stomachs that we need to, that, that are not kosher. And there, the vav of Gachon is the, the snake is smack in the middle of the Torah. And then we see later in the book of Amidbar, when we talk about the Nachash Nechoshes, we talk about the copper snake. And that the copper snake, which was when the Jewish, when the Jewish people were suffering from a plague, they looked up at the copper snake and they were healed, which interestingly became the symbol of the um, of, of the the of medicine in America, the snake on the stick, I think it's the AMA, 
like the, the snake on the stick. So what is the snake? What is What role does he play in the Torah? And why is he contrasted to a, why is he contrasted to a, um, to a stick? I'm not going to be able to do this in, in two minutes. I'm going to start with this tomorrow before we go on to the next Mishnah. But I think that it's a very, very stunning idea of the place that the, that the snake plays, the role the snake plays in the Torah and ultimately in our lives. And that's the Derech Yeshara, is the opposite of the snake. The Derech Yeshara, we have to choose the straight, not snaky path for our lives.